Winter is just around the corner, and it will be here before you know it. Are you or someone you know sick of dealing with snow? Are you paying an outrageous amount for snow removal every time it snows? Look no further than Eric's Winter Services for all your snow removal and snow hauling needs. That's not all. They also do lawn care, landscaping, and tree trimming. To get an estimate, contact Eric at 920-255-8592 or email ericswinterservices at gmail.com. Like them on Facebook at Eric's Winter Services, serving Wisconsin's Fox Valley area. Eric's Winter Services. Snow flurries, no worries. Welcome to the official podcast of Cryptids, Anomalies, and the Paranormal Society. This is Whispers from the Dark. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and uh, we have a special guest today on today's show from MUFON. But before we get to him, I have a couple bit of housekeeping here to get to. First off, I want to remind everyone of our show that is out on Paraflix streaming service. It is a all-paranormal streaming platform similar to Netflix, but they deal with all paranormal cryptids, and so forth. Our show on the trail of undiscovered beasts is airing now with a new week, new episode every other week. If you use the promo code CAPS10, you can get 10% off your first three months. Up next, we want to remind everyone to head over to our website and get your merchandise. We have t-shirts and uh, pins, buttons, mugs, sweatshirts, stickers, all kinds of stuff with logos and everything from all of our shows that we do as well as our regular cryptids anomalies and the paranormal uh, logo and that is at wisconsincaps.com you can click on shop our store or go directly to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash wisconsin caps and while you're surfing the internet make sure you check out all of our social media links and wisconsin caps on patreon facebook twitter tiktok youtube and WI Caps on Instagram. There you can find information on our podcast, Whispers from the Dark, Monday Morning Monsters, and all of our other documentary shows. <clears throat> all right, with all that stuff said and out of the way, I want to bring in our guest here. He is uh, a member of the Minnesota chapter of MUFON. Welcome to the show, Jer. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good today. Thank you. Looking forward awesome. to it. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you and uh, some of your work here. So can you uh, give a little introduction of yourself, what you do, and uh, about the Minnesota chapter of MUFON? Sure. Um, Jer, I, I work with uh, Minnesota MUFON. I'm a field investigator for them. Um, I'm also a member of the Experiencer Resource Team for MUFON, the, the headquarters. Um, I've been with them for about four, no, I'm sorry, about five years now been doing the uh, field investigator thing for about four years and um, that's really about it I'm a member of the, the board for Minnesota hopefully uh, we can uh, get some more people out there and uh, get things going but that's uh, yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much me in a nutshell awesome. very cool for those of people who don't know out there hopefully most people do but can you tell us what MUFON is absolutely MUFON is the mutual UFO network <clears throat> Um, it's a it's a global network, pretty much here in the in the in the states, but it is actually a global network with chapters worldwide. Uh, they uh, investigate uh, UFO sightings for the benefit of mankind. That's the whole thing. We're really into the scientific part of it, uh, provable stats, you know, provable facts, etc. There is some paranormal overlap with some of the stuff too, which we can get into later. But uh, for the most part, MUFON's kind of uh, focused on that. Each state has a chapter. Well, almost each state. We talked about this. Uh, yeah. uh, each state has a chapter, um, which has a state director and a chief uh, investigator, etc. So when you do a report, uh, it will go through the headquarters. I'll kind of do a quick, quick screening of it. 
send it out to the state guys and then states will assign it to a, a field investigator and it kind of rolls from there but um mufon's a big deal uh they've had a show on tv hangar 18. i think it was hangar no it was hangar one wasn't it i think so yep yeah okay hangar one anyhow they had that show uh they've had a couple other ones they're uh, actually being featured on ancient aliens in uh, february um and then from what i told my picture may or may not be in it so we'll, just have, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with that but uh, um no mufon uh, mufon's been around since 1969. uh they kind of morphed out of uh hynix uh oh i forgot what the heck they were even called back then but Paul Hynek, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Hynek had uh, some uh, UFO investigation stuff. So, I mean, he worked with Blue Book and, and, and that, but then he kind of branched off and had a civilian version of it. Well, that morphed into uh, MUFON in 1969, and it's been going since. So MUFON's been around, do a lot of investigations. Uh, they got several teams. They've got a, uh, a dive team, believe it or not, yeah. the, uh, photo analysis and uh, video analysis team. Uh, the experiencer resource team, which I'm a part of, um, and several other teams that uh, that they work with. Actually, they got a new one called a multiple anomaly detection and automated recording team. And what that is is they've got guys. And it's brand new, so I really don't know that much about it. But uh, they've got sites set up all over the U.S. Um, some places more than others, but they're able to correlate sightings in the sky with uh, actual uh, reports that come in. In other words, so they're kind of watching the skies, get cameras out and all that other stuff, and they can correlate sometimes anomalous things that they're catching with real reports that come in. And it just kind of helps uh, helps with the whole thing. So that's a new thing, kind of exciting. That should uh, morph into something really good. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> So <clears throat> let's let's go to um, what what actually happens. So what what kind of reports do you take? Do you take like uh, sightings of crafts in the sky or objects in the sky? Uh, what about like people who have personal experiences, like where they've been abducted or taken onto crafts? Mm -hmm. Do you cover all of that? I personally cover all of them. Um, how it works is uh, if you go to the MUFON website, mufon.com. Uh, up on top is uh, two little buttons here, one that says uh, report a UFO, and uh, another one is report an abduction or non-human contact. Um, so whichever one you've had, if, you just, if you're just reporting UFO, that's fine. But if you're reporting, you know, like you saw somebody in your bedroom that wasn't supposed to be there and they were not human, you can report that too. Um, what will happen with those reports, those reports go to like to the headquarters thing headquarters, whatever, and they'll do a screening of it and then send it out to the uh, uh, states. The report of UFO will get sent out to the states. The abduction one gets sent out to a, a gentleman named uh, George Medich, who is in charge of the experiential research team, and then he will divvy that out to uh, ERT members like myself. Uh, the sighting one will go to the state, to the state director, and then to the chief investigator for that state, and then the chief uh, investigator We'll divvy that out to uh, an investigator in the state, you know, hopefully someone that's close to that area. If the report is, you know, hey, I saw this light in the sky over here, kind of not that big of a deal, or uh, here's a good one, a string of lights, because this one's coming a lot lately. I already know where this is going. <laughs> across the sky. Well, we know what that is already. You know, that's yeah. the Starlink satellite system. So we can write those off right away. You know, of course, we'll send something to the uh, to the reporter or the the witness, I guess, and let them know what we think it is or, you know, what we kind of found on it. But things like that kind of get shut down pretty quick. Um, if it's uh, if it's something else, a field investor will get field investigator will get a hold of you. Uh, I usually send an email. I'll send an email twice and then I'll send a text to your phone. Um, and then if I don't hear from you and those three things, then I'm leaving you alone. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. That's absolutely fine. I have no problem with that. But most people, if they're going to report it, want to talk about it, you know? So, um, if it's, uh, if it's something that I need to go out and look at, I will. If it's something we can just talk about over the phone, we can do that too. Um, 
and that's kind of the field investigation part of it. Now, the ones that go to George uh, and get sent out, those are part of the experience or research resource team ones. And those are the interesting ones. Those are the ones where, you know, woke up in the middle of the night, uh, couldn't move. There's these figures down at the foot of the bed. And then I blank out and it's the next morning, you know, or I woke up um, to the big bright light in the, in the room, looked outside and, you know, saw a UFO and saw this and saw that. Another thing, I mean, there's just a, a myriad of different uh, uh, events that happen to experiencers. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, one guy woke up, person, and I don't remember if it was a guy or a gal off the top of my head, um, woke up and saw an actual portal in their room and an alien stepped through it into their room, which was really weird, you know, and of course he doesn't remember much after that because that's, that's how it works. You know, the, the aliens are really good at manipulating your, your brain, um, let you think what you want to think. But, uh, yeah, so the ERT part of it is a lot different from the field investigation part. Sometimes they can be melded together, though. Um, I had a, a really good uh, uh, sighting report uh, up in northern Minnesota a couple of years ago. Um, this one, believe it or not, didn't come through MUFON. It was kind of a different, uh, different deal. I was talking with a, a Bigfoot hunter from Minneapolis who turned me on to this case, and we went up there together and kind of talked to this guy. Um, he had actually originally filmed, this is so great, he uh, originally had filmed uh, some lights up in the sky that were just kind of like dancing around, doing all these things, and did that for about 10 minutes or so. And you really couldn't tell it was. It was obviously off in the distance someplace. But airplanes don't do that. Helicopters don't do that. Drones don't do that, you know. Uh, I've been in aviation for a long time, and I'm telling you, that's, that's not normal. I found uh, another um, case down in texas that was the same thing it had a video i looked at the video and sure enough it's the same exact thing now i have no idea what that is uh we haven't been able to come to a conclusion as to what that is but the best part of this case is as i'm some, sitting here talking to this guy about this and i'm like okay fine you know he saw the lights they didn't do anything and we did some measurements as to where it was just it's off the top of my head i said you know is anything strange ever happened to you in your life <laughs> and the guy says oh yeah <laughs> and then we started getting into it. Um, back in the early 70s, uh, they had a, a shack out in a, um, out in their field. You know, it was kind of in the woods, you know, but on the side of a, a field up there. And uh, he said him and a buddy were up there, and it was just after dark. And they saw the star coming at them. And, of course, obviously, they're thinking, at first, they're thinking a star. But then it's like, no, wait a minute. This thing's getting a lot bigger. And it came down. They ran into the shack and closed the door behind them. So they never saw this thing land, never, no idea what it looked like or anything. They saw this light coming through the side of the uh, the shack. You know, it's just almost like a, a horror show or something, you know. And uh, the guy thinks it probably lasted about five minutes or so, something like that. And then everything just kind of stopped and that was it. It's like, well, okay, that was weird. Well, about a year later, him and his buddy, because it was, it was the two of them that were out there on the first one. It was him and his buddy and his brother were out at that same shack doing an overnight thing because they're just teenagers and that's what teenagers do, you know? And uh, I guess the shack was kind of like a, a two-story shack. There was a trap door in between the main room and the upper floor and they were staying up on the upper floor, sleeping up there. It said at some point in the night, they saw a light coming through the window and the light got so bright that they couldn't see outside, you know? And they're thinking like, okay, what the heck's going on here, right? Well, shortly after that, they hear somebody or something come into the shack. Of course, they can't see it because they're upstairs. Come into the shack and just making all kinds of ruckus. Just throwing things around, breaking things, this and that and the other thing. One of the guys was sleeping or laying on the trap door to get up there. And all of a sudden, the trap door starts banging up and down. You know, And they're like, holy cow, what in the world's going on? So they all pile on top of this trap door to keep whatever down there, down there, you know? And he thinks it lasts, the witness thinks it lasted about five minutes. Well, this other person thinks it lasted about 20. So probably missing time, who knows? Doesn't know what's going on. And then as soon as it started, it stopped again. Well, of course they're up all night long. 
don't know what in the heck's going on, can't sleep. Who can sleep after that? You know, it's just like a horror movie again. So finally, when the sun started coming up, they got the uh, um, courage to go downstairs. As they go downstairs, everything's fine. Everything's pristine in the right locations, nice and clean, just the way it was, you know, when they started. The weirdest thing. And they walk outside, and I measured it from where the shack was. The shack's not there anymore. They tore it down. The guy went out there the next day, just <laughs> the ground, right? So from where the shack was to the center of this now dead circle, which I'll get to in just a second. So where this thing may have landed, hovered, I don't know, was about 50 feet. Now this area was it was about a 16 foot circle and we measured it when we we're out there uh 50 feet from the shack nothing grows there you know i mean it's been 50 years so some things are going there but overall you can tell it's just this dead mass i got pictures of it it's just just kind of this dead mass dirt area so we went out there we took took uh soil samples sent them off uh took some control samples sent them off did everything we could the samples came back that in the deeper levels of the circle was a lot of carbonate. Now, all that really means is that there was something of high temperature that would cause that to happen, cause that stuff to uh, to come out. Maybe some of your viewers know more about it than I do, but that was what we had found. Other than that, everything else was normal, except, you know, the, I guess the pH level was really low, 6.0 to 6.4, right around in there. So, of course, so nothing's growing there. But that's what we came up with. But it was the weirdest thing. It was 50 years ago. You know, um, <laughs> when we went out to take a look at it the first day, when I didn't have any of my equipment to, to dig or to look or anything, um, the guy had mentioned that that was the first time that he had been out there since it happened, which obviously was 50 years later. <laughs> it's just amazing. And, and, of course, it's on his property. It's only, like, maybe a quarter mile out, if that, you know. But... Uh, it was that was a very interesting story definitely you know what what do you come out of that i, I don't know you know it was 50 years ago so the soils had a chance to to regenerate do its thing whatever but there's still that 16 foot circle where pretty much nothing is growing you know the high carbonate levels the, the low ph i don't know i don't know what to tell you about that one so it's weird that's weird. yeah yeah. It just makes you wonder why or what they were doing there. You know, a lot of the stories that that I hear, at least, you know, you know, with the, the um, creatures showing up in the bedroom or, you know, taking people or et cetera, et cetera. If they can do all those things, whatever these things are, why are they trying to get through a hatch in this this building? Well, sure. Exactly. You, you know, know? I mean, some of the things you hear about these things, walking through walls, you know, walking through this portal. Uh, I, I had one that said they walked up the side of the, the house, the outside of the house, you know, horizontal, just walked up, you know, just not, not standing there and then lifting up, but, but, you know, almost like in the cartoons where you go sideways to walk up. Well, that happened once really somebody had reported that to me once. So it's just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why are they banging on there? If, if they could just do whatever the heck they want, you know, I, I don't know. Weird. That's that's weird. I mean, as as weird as the story is, as weird as the whole encounter is, you know, there's there's things in these different encounters that just stand out more than anything. You know, it, it, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was definitely. So with with uh, some of these encounters that I've heard, in that you have these um, like radioactive or radiation, uh, like either sickness with the people involved, or like mm -hmm. you said, like with the dead ground in that. Have you had any encounters with any of that? I personally have not. I, I haven't, because that was one of the things that we did check was the radiation levels in that general area of that particular one. Because that's the only uh, landing, UFO landing type event that I've investigated. But all the uh, radiation levels were, were nominal. You know, I mean, again, it was 50 years ago. So I kind yeah. of expected that, but we you know, wanted to make sure. But yeah, all the readings were nominal. So I, I personally have not run into that. Now, there was that guy, and I don't remember his name, but there's a, a case from up in Canada that happened back in the 60s, I believe, where a gentleman is out hunting, hiking through the woods. Actually, I think it was kind of more of a geologist, kind of doing rock hunting, and uh, came across this UFO, you know, came out of whatever out of the sky and landed 
in front of him about 50 feet away and he went up to it and this thing had blasted some hot air or something through a vent and uh it scarred him and actually gave him radiation poisoning and uh he's he had a like an imprint of a vent on his chest where you could see it it's uh it's quite a famous sighting but gosh i don't remember the the name of the guy now or he was like a polish immigrant or something but it was that one's pretty interesting you know so that guy there he kind of suffered through the whole radiation thing i think he finally died of cancer maybe 20 or 30 years later you know which could be attributed to it mm-hmm. but uh yeah that was that's about the only radiation one that i can really think of off the top of my head but again me personally i've never had to deal with that thankfully i, I really don't want yeah. to deal with the radiation one, I, I can imagine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you investigated or know of any cases like you hear the stories of, uh, you know, the, the vehicles driving down the road and they see these things and the vehicle stops, the the engine dies, the battery dies, et cetera, and then, you know, maybe turns back on afterwards. Have you heard any of those cases? No. Um, but the very first case that I investigated was a gentleman back in 1969. I think it was April of 1969. Uh, it was him and a couple of friends were out driving one night. They were going over to the golf course to just do whatever. I mean, they're in their early 20s or whatever. There really wasn't much to do, uh, kind of off in a rural area. And they came up on a just prior to a T intersection. And uh, one of the guys in the window looked out, or one of the guys in the car looked out the window and saw this object in front of them. So the driver slams on the brake and hops out and checks this thing out. Um, they really couldn't see a shape to it but it had a green light that was coming out of it about five foot you know circle or whatever and uh the light had kind of like a depth to it if that makes sense and I, i'm not okay. quite sure how to uh how to explain that i guess maybe like if you're underwater and you turn on a flashlight you know how that the beam comes out and maybe it was something like that i don't know i kind of had a hard time understanding it but sort of um, but he said they, they had saw that he didn't really flash them, but it was just kind of in the area. And so they're just checking this thing out going, what in the world's going on? Finally, this thing kind of moves over and then takes off, uh, stops for a second, you know, or a, a minute or two and then takes off. He, he said, and this was the craziest thing. He said he could see waves of energy form around this thing. And then boom, it was gone. Just zipped up into the sky, kind of arced off and, you know, three to five seconds, it was just completely gone. Just crazy. So, of course, they're joking that, you know, well, maybe they were dropping somebody off, you know. So, anyhow, they, they get back in the car, they drive the intersection, they hang a left, and sure enough, as soon as they hang a left, their their lights light up a person walking on the side of the road. You know, and of course, they didn't stop, you know. They were just dumbfounded about the whole thing. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, we just talked about this. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, they didn't stop. They just kind of kept going and just and let it go. But, I, you know, honestly, that happens more often than you think. And I'm not saying um, that you, you'll you see, uh, you know, you'll talk about, oh, maybe they drop somebody off and drop and drive by and there they are. A lot of a lot of times it'll happen. Um, it happened to my son, and I don't think he'll mind, mind me talking about this too much. But when he was in fourth grade, out on the playground, he looked up and he saw a UFO. And he pointed to the pointed to it and told the teacher, say, hey, I, I see a UFO. And the teacher's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then that was it. You would be amazed at the amount of times that people will bring up to other people, hey, look at this crazy thing out there. And they'll just be completely oblivious to it. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, and won't even think about it. You know, it's like most normally human beings be like, oh, yeah, hey, let's check that out. But I, I don't know if there's some kind of total mind control over all this stuff or, or what. Because someone pointed that out to me. I'm going to take a look. But oftentimes people don't even bother looking, you know, it's, it's just the strangest thing. Really weird. That's, that's, that's a very good point. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, well, nobody sees UFOs, nobody sees Bigfoot, nobody sees any of these things out in there, but everyone is so glued to their phone that they don't look up to look at this stuff, (laughs) you know, and, 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 you know, people just, you know, um, just are oblivious to it, whether they, they want to be or not. I mean, for example, you know, I, I do a lot of paranormal, a lot of Bigfoot conventions and stuff like this. And people come up to me and they say, you know, oh, I wish the government would, you know, 
do something about the UFOs and say that they're real or, you know, whatever disclosure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, well, you know, they, they released that whole uh, memo a while ago that basically said UFOs are real. You know, we have yeah. artifacts and all that stuff. And they go, oh, I didn't know nothing about that. Oh, exactly. And it's like, but they, I mean, <laughs> the Pentagon released that whole report and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it says in there that, you know, they have extra terrestrial vehicle parts basically well, it, they mentioned they, they didn't mention that they had parts but they mentioned that the phenomenon was real and that they're looking into it as to whether it's a threat or not and That's, all their reports that they're going public is is it a threat is it a threat is it a threat yeah. they're not talking about the other stuff if it was a threat we'd be speaking an alien language millennia ago you know what i mean we would have been taken over are they a threat no i do not think they're a threat not at all do you so that that would be the original um the uh oh, oh what was it the the money report i can't remember what you call it the um that was the first report that came out right the, yeah there yep. was another report from the pentagon that i believe says they have ma material from somewhere else or from from outer space that i don't not of this world i don't remember hearing anything about that okay i, See, they, and, I absolutely 100 believe they do but yeah. i don't i don't remember ever hearing anything about that i've looked at that, the the, the original report that came out yep and it just was kind of say well we'll assess the threat then the yep. second one that came out just recently it didn't say anything it's yeah. a complete waste of paper you know mm -hmm. uh but as far as them actually admitting they have stuff i i don't remember anything like that okay maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm missing maybe i'm being oblivious to it you know yeah i i don't know i mean i i've seen the report i've seen it online it's from the pentagon but huh. um it came out after i can't what what is the uh every year they put out a document saying this is where we're going to spend money it's that report oh, and okay. then after that there's like a, a one-page document from the pentagon that says that they had recovered uh, material that they didn't know the origin of, but it, it's from Pentagon. And see, even like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I mean, if you don't even know about it, I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm I read it. I don't know. I saw it, but um, well, I'm, I'm going to have to try to look that one up because I'm, I'm not yeah. familiar with it. If they did, then that's, that's awesome. I, yeah. I would like to do that. I mean, it doesn't say any more than the other report, just that they have material, but you right. know, it's, it's still, that's a big admission that you know yeah. not, nobody knows happened. And it was it was during 2020, I believe, because it was when all the other stuff came out and and dropped the whole report and all that stuff of we're gonna have these hearings and all that. And then as you mentioned, that newest report just came out this past month. Yeah. And I never saw anything about that online. It was talked about on a podcast that I listened to. Mm -hmm. that they said oh yeah this report came out and there's nothing in it and i didn't even see anything about that report either so oh yeah it's it's a complete waste of paper unbelievable yeah. mm -hmm. i wouldn't yeah. doubt it <laughs> yeah well it's the government right <laughs> yeah. so I don't, yeah i don't know where to go with that but um yeah <laughs> me neither so yeah obviously um so when when you're talking about reports and stuff like that what what would you say the percentage wise is of people having encounters with like say lights in the sky, objects in the sky versus actual uh, we'll say like one-on-one -on -one encounters with a being of some sort? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, most of the uh, reports that I get since I'm in the experience resource resource team, uh, I get the whole contact with ET stuff. I get a lot of those. Um, I've gotten a few lights in the sky, which take me all of about 20 minutes to say it was an airplane most of the time, you know. Uh, but as far as a percentage wise, it, for me, it's going to be skewed, you know, because like I said, I'm part of the, uh, the ERT. So um, for me, it's kind of a 50 50 thing, you know, but for most, actually for all the other field investigators all they're going to get is probably lights in the sky or stuff like that because um, that's what a majority of the reports are um 
yeah uh like i was i was just kind of looking at uh, some of my reports before we got on here and uh again it, it MUFON's changed with the way they do things. The experience or resource team used to be a completely separate uh, deal as far as all the cases go. Um, the experiencer would would fill out an experiencer questionnaire, which is on a website, which is the same thing they would do right now. But it'd be a completely separate entity from any of the cases. And it would go to the, the head of the ERT, and then he would divvy them out to whomever. Um, now, they go through what we call the case management system, so every single case goes to the uh, uh, state directors and the state directors um, can see them. But if it's an ERT type thing, then it only goes to the ERT members. State director can see it, but he can't do anything with it. Uh, he can only do things with the like the lights in the sky and stuff like that. Um, I honestly have not had I guess most of my IFO ones, my, my identified my, uh, flying objects, you know, man-made objects, are all lights in the sky. Um, I've had several. I had I had one where a guy had a handprint on his uh, on a mirror that was a lot smaller than anybody else's, and he didn't have kids, and there's no kids in the area, and there's a few stories running around, or a few stories that we talked about that would, you know, kind of lead me to believe that it was something else. Uh, that one was really, really neat. So that wasn't one in the, in the light in the sky. And then the one I just talked about, that wasn't a light in the sky. And I've had, you know, a few others, but the ones that uh, end up being something are not lights in the sky. Lights in the sky for me are usually a nothing burger. Usually, not always, but usually uh, end up just being an, an airplane or something. So... I can't really give you a percentage-wise. Um, I'd say probably out of most of the uh, cases that I've looked at, 20% are unknown, 15 to 20%. That's about it. So the other 80% is just airplanes or, or something else, you know. I'm not going to say swamp gas. <laughs> that, is just, that is just so far-fetched it's unbelievable swamp gas yeah okay got it sure <laughs> atmospheric disturbances <laughs> yeah, well, there are some of those but yeah, yeah. anyhow that's that, you know as far as percentage wise I, i'd throw a number out there say 20 ish are, are solid somethings how many cases a, a month or so would you say that you handle uh on average probably about two or three okay you know, it's not a whole lot. It's it's enough to be able to keep up with. And out of those two or three, lately I've been having kind of a bad streak. I've been having several people that just don't want to talk. You know, it's like they'll do the report and they'll put in the report that they don't want to be anonymous, you know, because that's, that's one of the questions in there is, do you want to remain anonymous? And they'll say no. I was like, okay, great. Well, then I'm going to contact you and try to figure this thing out. And they don't want to talk. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I just try to take the information that they got in there. And come up to some conclusion and it's okay for me to put in there insufficient information I, there's just no way i won't talk to the or the witness doesn't want to talk i have no idea what you're looking at so well i would like you to talk a little bit about um what what you specifically do here because i think this is really important so you you're talking about the experiencer um you know team here so yep. do you go out and do you have like for people like let's say they had a traumatic experience where they've encountered one of these beings mm -hmm. so your team basically if i understand right like kind of helps them process it and and right. talk through it and and do that can you tell us a little bit about what you guys do for these people and the resources that you have available yeah um well the first thing is to be a sympathetic ear you know because most people are saying that it's it's nice to finally talk to somebody that believes me you know because uh, a lot of people, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but the majority of the people that have that happen to them don't want to talk about it because they don't want to seem crazy. Even though it's a perfectly, I don't want to say normal, but it's a its a perfectly legitimate thing that happens to millions of people every day. Surprisingly enough, millions of people every day are experiencing this. Most of them don't remember, some do. But anyhow, so we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about what's happened to them. We'll talk about, you know, maybe you're... you're what's happened throughout your life, you know, uh, kind of get them to 
release this and a lot of people like to talk about it they'll just sit there and they'll just they'll ramble on and that's okay because they finally got someone that they can talk to and then get this stuff out um there are support groups that we have available so they can speak with other um experiencers that have had similar experiences in themselves um i had an experience once a long time ago but nothing at all like most of the people that i talk to uh, so anyhow they have that available we also have hypnotherapist available but with that i always caution because here's the deal with the hypnotherapist uh, whether you believe hypnotherapy works or not that's that's your call you know you can believe what you want to believe but in hypnotherapy once you uncover a memory good or bad you got it it's with you forever you're not going to forget you know so if the whole reason et makes you not remember any of the stuff is for your own good for your own mental health basically and then now you remember it there you go you know it's yours you gotta own it and, and they're not all like that you know some are absolutely fine you know no problems but there i'm sure there's a few that once they uncover something, they don't want to remember it too late. Now you're going to. So anyhow, again, it, it's, you know, someone to talk to, sympathetic ear. We've got hypnotherapists available and we have support groups. And I always recommend a couple of support groups, you know, check one out, check two out, check them all out, whichever one works best for you. Um, and the hypnotherapy thing is that's, that's a caution. You know, if you want to have at it, but if not, that's fine too. Uh, the deal with another, the support groups obviously are free no one's going to make you pay for a support group that that's just kind of silly the hypnotherapist those guys are guys and gals are professionals they expect to be paid so that's on you mufon doesn't pay for any of this stuff you know if you think you've got a um, an implant for instance you know think you have an alien implant you may it may be something else but mufon's not going to get into the medical stuff with you you know we'll be there holding your hand if you want to but as far as doctor diagnosis and if they end up getting surgery for it or whatever, that's that's all on you. Um, and MUFON is, you know, doesn't want to be held liable for any of that. So the main thing is it's on you. That is completely your choice. We're not recommending. We're not saying one way or the other. So that's kind of how that how that works. It's, it's re relatively simple. You know, there really isn't much of an investigation part of the experiencer resource team. Because that's almost an insult to some people. Because you can, you know, as you're sitting there listening to them, to their stories and stuff, you can tell that something's happened to them, relatively traumatic, sometimes, sometimes not traumatic. And for you to um, try to be an investigator to say, no, that didn't happen. What about this? What about that? What about this other thing? That ain't right. You know? So you just kind of listen and you have to kind of figure it out yourself whether this person is really had something or if they have some mental issues because there are some that have that you know it's that percentage is really low but it happens i have had a couple and it's it's fine you know you can deal with it but you, you got to be able to weigh the two and figure it out and well we're human we're not uh, not perfect so we do the best we can but the big thing with the experience or resource team is to listen to these people and try to get them as much help as you possibly can now there's limits to it obviously but you try to help as best you can and that's that's the big thing and, and a lot of people are very happy with that well on behalf of myself i really appreciate the work that you do to uh take care of the people that have had those experiences and and that means a lot because i've had other people on the show as well um as far as uh, i have a bigfoot experiencer team like that that uh talks to people with the traumatic instances of that and that's a lot of times a lot of people don't realize you know when when people say they've seen these things paranormal uh cryptid or ufo or what have you mm -hmm. you know there's there's people like you know me maybe yourself that go out there and go oh cool look it's a ufo it's an alien it's a bigfoot ah neat you know and then there's the other people that have a really traumatic response to this because it changes your whole paradigm Sure. The whole worldview that you have has just been turned on edge yeah. and a lot of people can't process that. And it's, it's, yep. it's amazing that there's people like yourself and these other people out there that will help people and, uh, you know, talk them through it and, and that you sure. have 
the resources. And, you know, I want to make sure that we talked about that because, you know, I, I mean, even myself going into this interview, I wasn't, you know, aware that MUFON did that. You know, obviously I'm sure, sure they do, but it yeah. was like, oh, that's, that's really cool that you guys have that. So there, there is a lot that MUFON can do for you to help you through these things, you know? And like I said, the support groups are a really big deal and, you know, listening is, is another, another one for sure. Um, it's kind of funny uh that you talk about people like you and me that are like yeah okay whatever you know it's no big deal <laughs> it uh i didn't necessarily want to talk about this but my experience uh, a long time ago um i was uh it was in the middle of the night i was in a, a dorm room there's two other people in there with me i wake up in the middle of the night right laying on my top bunk is where i'm at i wake up and i'm looking towards the door just because that happened to be the way that i was sleeping and I see your typical gray standing right by the door, you know, probably like a door guard or something. The only thing I can think of, you know, as my eyeballs look over toward the, to the right a little bit, I see the shadow of another ET doing something to the person underneath me. I don't know what, I have no idea. Then I had the impression that there was a third one in there, but I really couldn't tell. So of course I wake up and I see this and what's my initial reaction? Hey, I wonder if anybody else can see this. <laughs> no, I wonder if maybe I could cause a ruckus and get other people in here so they could see this and confirm this for me and stuff like that, you know. But then I thought, no, you know, if I did that and I'm actually sleeping, I'm gonna look like a complete idiot. <laughs> so I opted not to do that. So I decided, all right, I'm just gonna check this guy out. You know, I'm, I'm gonna try to remember as much as I can, look at him, you know, come up with something. So I'm looking him over head to toe. And um, all of a sudden, he realizes that I'm not sleeping anymore. So I see his hand, you know, kind of point up towards me. And I can kind of see him speaking to the other other uh, entities that are in there. I can't hear anything. I, I don't know why. I just couldn't, you know. I can't hear anything going on, but I see him doing this. And then I get a voice in my head, my own voice. It says, close your eyes. They'll think you're asleep. So I'm thinking, hey, that's a great idea, right? So I close my eyes. And of course, as soon as I do that, they have complete and total control over me. I don't remember anything, obviously. I wake up again maybe an hour or so later, and they're gone. You know, there's nothing there. Everything's as, as, as it was. Now, you'd think, okay, well, maybe I was just sleeping. Maybe it was just a dream, right? And I was kind of thinking that myself. But I woke up in the same exact position, look in the same exact direction, Everything was exactly the same. They were just gone. I'm thinking, okay, well, still maybe it could have been a, a dream, you know, no big deal. So I roll over, go to sleep. Well, the next morning I get up and I'm getting dressed. And uh, one of my roommates looks at my back and says, hey, Jer, what are those three welts on your back? Wow, there we go. There's just some confirmation right there. Of course, you know, just like that other story we were talking about, being oblivious, I just blew it off. I was like, yeah, okay, well, fine, whatever. I got welts in my back. No big deal. I should have went in the bathroom and took a look. I should have taken a picture. I should have done lots of things, but I didn't. I just blew it off and said, fine, whatever. So that was my experience. So again, that's nothing like a lot of people that I talk to. I think I was probably just a, a bystander. I'll say lucky bystander. Um, others might differ with me, but I'm going to say I was a lucky bystander, but that's all, just a bystander. So just, just an interesting story. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So was that was that kind of what got you into this? Or how did you get involved with, with MUFON to begin with? Well, I had always been interested in UFOs and Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monsters since I was, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. Just always have been uh, interested in that. I had this experience um, when I was in my mid-20s. Um, I kept my mouth shut, didn't tell us all about it until about 20 years later. And uh, that's when I started looking into MUFON. I really didn't know that much about it. I mean, I knew they existed, but didn't really know that much about it. So I started looking into it, realized that there was a, a chapter in every state. So the, the, so the Minnesota had a chapter. That's awesome. Um, thought about joining it. Took me a couple of years to finally pull the trigger to do that and, and uh, got into it. And finally, I decided, that, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to do this. So joined MUFON, uh, went through the field investigator training, got signed off as a field investigator, and it's just 
is blossomed from there. Just gone from there. Sure. So I, you know, how did I get into it? It's just been a lifelong. Um, I don't want to say obsession. It's not really obsession, but a lifelong interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably the best way to say it. Very cool. Very cool. So for people that are like yourself that are interested in being there, can you tell me again just how like where do people go? How do they how do they get involved in MUFON? Sure. Um, the best place to go is the the, the uh, main site, MUFON.com, M-U-F-O-N.com. Uh, there's a I'll take a look at yours. So I'm not lying to you. Um, on the main page, uh, if you look up on top, it says join. You can go down there and uh, drop down there. It says find a chapter. And that'll take you to every state that uh, has something. And uh, you can contact contact them, uh, the state directors, because they have, all, have emails on there. Or some of them will have a website link for their website. Just click on that, check out their website, and just kind of go from there. Um, I highly recommend joining MUFON. I, I think they're a great organization. They're uh, like everybody, you know, they have their ups and downs and everything, but overall, they're trying to do the right thing, you know, using the scientific method to, to prove what's out there. So I really think it's a, it's a great organization. Now, does it cost anything to join MUFON, or you don't get paid? It's all volunteer, correct? Uh, it's all volunteer, but it does cost you to join it. Okay. Uh, there's uh, certain levels. There's a basic level at uh, six bucks a month or sixty dollars a year, um, and then there's another one that goes up from there. You know, ten bucks a month or one hundred and twenty a year, and and there's a three hundred dollar a year one that uh, I don't think I need to be part of. <laughs> that's, that's a bit more money than I I kind of want to spend for a. Uh, a volunteer group you know what i mean correct yeah yep. yeah very good very good thank you so let's let's talk a little bit about this um you've had in all these not you've had but you've you've um had all these reports these uh encounters and stuff that people mm-hmm. have reported that can you talk a little bit about like the different entities like how many different we'll say for lack of a better term like species or races or whatever you want to call it. Um, and can you go like describe some of them for people out there? Wow. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, Well, your typical gray, uh, short grays, tall grays, um, mantis type pops up a lot, you know, mantid type, uh, the, uh, uh, reptilian type and there's different, types of reptilians, um, some that supposedly have like an alligator type face, some that just have a, like, a, if you remember Land of the Lost, Sleestack type face, you know. Yeah. Um, there was uh, one that, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, we'll just get to the to the meat of it, it was, um, there was some DNA that was taken, and the DNA came up to a uh, a tegu, tegu lizard or something mm. like that from South America, South American tegu mm-hmm. lizard. And um, when that person looked at the picture of that, they were like, yeah, that uh, that was it. You know, I, obviously it, it, was, it was more of a bipedal thing, but the face mm-hmm. and the jowls, that was it. You know, it was just the weirdest thing. So your, your viewers can, can look that up. Tegu lizard, South American tegu lizard. Um, Gosh, there are so many different kinds. Uh, the tall whites, um, and I'll plug uh, Charles Hall, his books, Millennial Hospitality. He was a Air Force uh, weather observer uh, down by Vegas in the uh, '60s. Uh, he had uh, he would go out on the ranges up there in Indian Springs and do weather reports, and supposedly he had several encounters with the tall whites out there. Um, great books, Millennial hospitality check them out um so the tall whites the nordics uh gosh there's just so many uh there's light beings uh angelic beings um there's the one that supposedly the head is almost looks triangular you know uh, I, I don't know what the species name is for that but 
there is such a myriad of different types of uh, aniline species out there. And there's a couple of books out there. Um, I haven't read through all of them, but a couple of books out there that will kind of explain the different species. And whether or not those books are entirely true, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, my one experience is with the short grays. That's the only one that I personally can say that exists, you know. But as far as all the other ones, I wasn't there, so I'm not going to say. And and I'm not I'm not going to say it because I'm I'm being a jerk about it. It's just I'm more into the science, more into the uh, the nuts and not necessarily nuts and bolts. Like I said, I know there is so much more to this than flesh and blood. You know, there's a lot of dimensional stuff. There's a lot of spiritual stuff. However you want to say it, you know. Uh, well, speaking of the spiritual stuff and the small grays, I'll plug another book. Uh, by Dr. Fowler, The Andreessen Affair. It's a series of like three or four books. Excellent books. Excellent books. The uh, the witness in that is an artist. So when she draws the pictures for what she saw, she's drawn some really great pictures. So another book to, to check out. Book series, I guess, if you will. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's just so many different species and uh, different... I, I couldn't even begin to explain all of them, you know, just a, a myriad of different types, you know. The, the big ones is the, the the Nordics, the tall whites, the grays, and the reptilians. And, and the reptilians, like I said, there's several different uh, um, species of them. So that's all I can really say. Now, Linda Moulton Howe has done a, uh, she does Earth Files every Wednesday night. I recommend that for people that want to kind of watch this stuff. I think it's kind of neat. Uh, she had done something with a remote viewer, and they had looked at the uh, Trappist system. Uh, you've probably heard of it because I think the James Webb, James Webb Telescope is actually kind of looking at that planetary system. Uh, used a remote viewer, so you can believe what you want with the remote viewers. You know, they're not going to be 100%. I think it's, it's a very interesting thing that they've got, but... The remote viewer is taking a look at this Trappist system and they see, yeah, there's life like on three or four of these different planets. Um, there's uh, the grays are out there. The uh, There's a species of aliens, almost like dolphins that, you know, an aquatic type species mm -hmm. uh, that uh, is there. And uh, I don't remember if she said that, well, there was a like a ship there. So there was some. Inter, uh, interstellar type of travel there, but not necessarily with the beings that were on the ground. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, there's just I guess, a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's a big world. It's a big universe. You know, use your imagination. Just, mm -hmm. just because we're carbon-based doesn't mean everybody is. You know, there can be silicon-based. There can be whatever-based creatures out there you know don't necessarily have to be uh um space faring to exist you know so anyhow who knows absolutely absolutely yeah. uh with all this stuff i mean we're, we're only speculating i mean you know there's some information and all the stuff that we have for any of this stuff is is based on reports citing and stuff that we've researched and and people have witnessed so yep. until you know, until we have one to interview on the show or, you know, in person <laughs> to say, hey, where do you live? Where do you come from, et cetera? It's all speculation, you know. Right. Um, on that note, I mean, in your opinion, just your opinion, yep. based on the stuff you've researched and seen and experienced, you know, there's there's a lot of different people that believe these things are extraterrestrial. They come from outer space. There's some that mm -hmm. believe that they're interdimensional, that they come from, you know, uh, another universe or something or a parallel mm -hmm. universe or something. What what do you believe? What do you think these things are or or some of them or maybe even just the grays that, that you had an experience with? Where do you think that they're from? Four words for you. All of the above. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <I'm not> <laughs> all of it. All of it. Uh, is there a species that lives underground on Earth? I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily buying that one. However, there's a lot of stories for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that could be a possibility. I, I can't rule it out. I'm not buying it, but I'm not ruling it out. You know, that could very, very 
very well be the deal. Um, interdimensional, absolutely. The Andreessen Affair, you read that, in my mind, that's kind of an interdimensional thing. Uh, nuts and bolts type of thing, uh, you know, flesh and blood, absolutely. Yep, that's happening too. Uh, just honestly, it's, it's in my mind, it's all of them. What are most of them that are here on Earth? I think they're mostly flesh and blood uh, type of, for the most part. Like I said, there's, it's all the above, absolutely. But for the most part, the ones that are kind of interacting with us, I think, are the, the flesh and blood type thing. You know, why they're doing it is, I don't know. There's all kinds of stories. You know, the hybrids so they can, you know, progenerate their their race. You know, like for whatever reason they can't uh, procreate anymore, so they got to do something to keep their race going. Um, or another uh, another one is that we here on this earth are here as part of an experiment you know the earth is actually a big giant petri dish and these guys are just coming in as scientists and just conducting their experiment letting us go to see what what happens you know and i kind of believe that i'm i'm, I'm okay with that and <laughs> it's funny i was asked once you know it says well if you find out that's true wouldn't that just kind of destroy your whole world i'm like well no i i still have bills to pay <laughs> I got to go to work tomorrow. You know, I gotta, I gotta make some money. I gotta pay the bills. You know, I, I still want to live the way that I'm living. You know, if I'm a big experiment, well, hey, dudes, I want to try to be an, a, a success, and I'm gonna show you how to do it. I'm still working on that, but you know. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're about out of time for this week's episode. Um, I, I appreciate you taking time and talking to us. And and again, all the hard work that you do with the uh, the experience or research team, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, on behalf of the people that you have helped, thank you very much for all that you do. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Barney. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I would love to have you back again sometime and talk more about this because, you know, obviously for anybody that's familiar with ancient aliens, there's not 15, 16 seasons of this for nothing. There's so much more out there that we haven't covered and talked about. And man, I would love to talk more about the mantises with you because those guys are just absolutely fascinating to me. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Be awesome. happy to come back. All right, man. So uh, remind everyone, where can they go to, to uh, submit a report? And then if uh, if you take reports or where they can get in contact with you to get your report, any of that stuff? Yeah, um, MUFON.com, M-U-F-O-N.com. You can submit the reports there. Uh, they'll get divvied out to the state directors and uh, go from there. You can contact me if you want to at MinnesotaMUFONJR.com. That's M-N. M U F O N J E R J E R at Yahoo. And you can contact me uh, at that email address if you have any questions that maybe I can help you out with. Absolutely. And you you do only cover Minnesota, correct? Uh no, I cover wherever. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I, I've, I've done cases all over the states. You know? Very good. So yeah, it's it, not just Minnesota, anywhere. Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. All right, Jerry. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Is there anything else you have to add before we sign off? No, not right now, man. Just uh, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, MUFON.com, do those reports. <laughs> I want to do some investigating. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time this week. Yep. All right, guys, that is our show for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you go check out MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. It's all over the United States, and uh, each state you can contact for them for whatever you have uh, seen or heard or experienced. And uh, if you need any help, feel free to reach out to them as well. Uh, until next time, guys, I'm your host, Barnaby. We'll see you out there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. 
you will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. If you enjoy our podcast or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Wisconsin Caps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. Visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook, or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us.